Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, Vagrant Queen fans? Welcome to the After Show. We've got a special guest in the house. We got the Spice Pirate himself, Isaac Sam Rosan. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Did you yeah, say Spice Pirate? I said Space Pirate. Oh, Space Pirate <laughs> makes more a... sense. No, no, for a second there, I was like, man, did I miss something in episode one? He was a lawyer, but okay. Well, and then you're not exactly a pirate, but we'll get more into that. Um, first, also, hello. Welcome to our after show. If you've not watched before, my name is Carrie Lane. I'm joined by my awesome co-host, James. Say hello. Hello out there to my favorite fans. It's James Maple here. Excited to have you on the panel today, Tim. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And it yeah. has a fun name for episode two. We got Yippee Kai Yay. And it's like you almost want to say the rest of that too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, James, what did you think of this episode? We're on episode two of this new show. Yeah, so I was in love with this episode. I feel like a lot of the questions that we wanted answered in the first uh, episode, we really got some, some follow-up answers to. Um, I, I feel like now we have a goal. I feel like the first episode, we were given a lot of introductions. I feel like in this episode, we have a, a finite goal. We're trying to go figure out where um, her or Aleda's mom is. Um, we, know, we know that she's alive. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen moving forward. Nice. Yeah, I totally agree. We finally have more of a direction. The first bit was, you know, get your feet wet idea. Here's this world and here's a little bit more into it. There's a couple moments that were like, hey, now, wait a minute. But we'll get into yeah. it as well. <laughs> uh, Tim, how was the second episode for you? Um, did Was this a show where you filmed, you know, uh, per location? Or is it, you know, nicely wrapped and uh, one at a time? You know what I mean? Of Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, let me just say how awesome it was to listen to you guys talk about this show. Uh, oh, this is just starting to happen for this show uh and it, it makes me happy and you guys are, are you know liking the show makes me like i'm getting that warm feeling inside already so that's super awesome Aww. so uh yeah this one we were really lucky the way uh the way we did it we shot uh, episode one two three four in complete chronological order oh uh, cool those episodes uh, obviously per location we wouldn't go scene per scene you know if you're outside one day we got to be at that set on whatever day they can get that set and then when we're in the studio or inside the ship we normally did most of those uh winnipeg shots on the same day or the same week and uh, but yeah we were lucky enough to do it chronologically so uh it was cool nice and then so episode two we get a little bit more on your character's backstory as well how does it feel as an actor after like episode one's come out and people have opinions about your character and you're like, well, wait, there's more, you'll learn more later. Yeah. Remember that statement you just said. Ah. <laughs> if I get the, um, 
Yeah, <laughs> because um, a lot more is coming. Um, oh, so, um, yeah, just uh, just remember, everybody's got their reasons, guys. Everybody's going through something. Um, okay. You know, I, I okay. my favorite thing about two actually is I called uh, Alex McGregor, who plays a maid. And I said, that was, oh, mm-hmm. that was your episode, girl. Because, I mean, yeah. episode one, just, Adrian just, it's from the first second. She drops down and then she kills those two guys and she's drop kicking everybody around. You know, this is Adrian Ray's show. It's like she just kicks ass from the beginning. But it was, it was in the second episode where I really, I just said, okay, now we got the team. Now I know where we're going. Now this feels like a unit and that has a mission. And the main ingredient for me to make that team was a may like she's like just the heart of that you know uh of that group and i was like girl you hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Killed it last night. That was awesome. Totally agree. And it's nice because she's not just a character that's a pretty face. She's extremely useful and really kind of is the glue to hold this team together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like her in the ship at the end when stuff was going crazy and just the conversation she was she was having with Winnipeg. It's like... She had like this imaginary relationship with a ship that I thought was just such a great relationship. I'm like, you're bonding with a ship, you know, like it's, <laughs> she, it was really good. I really liked May. She's a, she's a really good character. Agreed. So the beginning of the episode, we're on this planet, they've crash landed and, you know, they're going for repairs and then they go to get gas. Okay. Why bother leaving the doors open? That was one thing that I was like. <laughs> Okay, you're assuming nothing is on this planet that could harm you. Oh, well. <laughs> James, what do you think of that? How that leads to some fun, uh, bad things that happen. Um, I think this, this was great. I love this whole kind of like Planet of the Apes kind of feel I was picking up from this uh, episode. I love the like the monsters and how like real yet fake they kind of looked it they seem kind of like relatable and something that we had experienced before in, in previous you know shows like this um i love that dynamic and like like tim just said i really think and i hadn't i hadn't really thought about it till you mentioned it tim that this was the episode where i may really did shine and she was like the unsung hero that really made this episode and really got us out of the predicament in which we were in so I definitely liked uh, the exploration of her character more in this episode and how it tied into those like creepy ape aliens that were trying to terrorize you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, as for the doors being open, don't trust Isaac to do anything right, guys. That's just keep that in mind for the rest of the season. Uh, well, he left his calm on the ship. So that too. Yeah. Of course he did. <laughs> but um the fun thing is it's like spoiler alert but i think i think it's actually in three where uh isaac and may might go off on their own little oh, cool. adventure oh, wow okay for, for a minute for a minute okay. yeah. yeah we'll see nice. yeah uh then we get to a 
kind of nice little flashback of two years ago, how we got Isaac and Alita together, how they met each other, which was really fun of to see how, how did these two people in the wild expanse of the galaxy come together? And it's fun flip-flop because it's at that time that she rescues him versus episode one where he rescued her. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the, so what's it like now, Tim, because you've come from Winona Earp where you're a bit more of the cowboy I, fighter character. And I'd say in this, Isaac is a bit more the planner or, well, not really planner. He doesn't have any plans, but he's a bit more, you know, using his mind rather than fist fight. Um, for me, I look at it as it's my chance to be comedic. Uh, mm-hmm. I find Ozzyk, uh the comedy, and I've, you know, Winona Earp is very funny, um, but mm-hmm. Doc Holliday isn't per se the funny character. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be on a show called Shit's Creek. Uh, if anybody's seen that, that's one of the funniest shows out there. Everybody on that show is funny, except yeah. maybe my character, <laughs> <laughs> who wasn't funny. He was in funny predicaments or scenarios but i wouldn't call him per se the funny character so this character i got to try and be uh funny for the first time and it was uh it's fun to be funny mm-hmm. that's cool i definitely think tim too in in the, the comedy of your character it we were speaking about this last week and that i feel like it really brought such a sense of like lightness to the to the topic um, because, you know, we were faced with all these different uh, obstacles and you guys are tra- traversing the galaxy. It's nice to have that moment and you provide more than one moment uh, in every episode, it seems, to give us that quick laugh, that quick, okay, it's not that serious. It's really nice just to have a quick laugh. So I definitely appreciate, I think the viewers appreciate um, that aspect of your character and the light that you brought to it as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I can, that's kind of the the whole vibe of this show is like someone asked me to describe it in three words. And I said, uh, humor, heart, and hectic. I didn't mean for all three to start with the letter H. It just, it just happened that way. Uh, but hectic was like this South African term that everybody said all the time. So I, it was my favorite thing. Because I was like, hey, how's your day, man? And they'd be like, hectic. Through. And I'd be like, hey, hey, how's your day? And the, you know, the makeup girls would be hectic. Hectic. Like just, it was like things were hectic, but hectic could be really good too. Like how's yeah. things? How's it? Oh, hectic. Yeah. Okay. And you know, but it's also like how's things? Hectic. <laughs> it's like, so that was like my thing. And that's the show. Sometimes it's light and sometimes it's kind of serious. I mean, um, yeah, I won't, I'm imagining you're going to get to it at some point in, in this. So I won't talk to when it got serious now, but you know, episode two got serious at some point too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do have a live chat going on, so welcome everybody who's joining us live. Please have your questions for Tim. We'll look at those. And if you're watching it later, comment down below. Don't forget to give that thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, so we got Suzanne Taylor said, are there Canadian writers on the show or are the Canadian references all because of Tim? Uh, the Canadian reference actually comes from Jason Smith, who's one of the comic book creators with Magdalene Visaggio, because the book is based, um, the show is based on a comic book, uh, mm-hmm. Vagrant Queen from Vault Comics, and he's a Canadian. So he, all the Canadian references were kind of Jason Smith Easter eggs that he stuck in there. Okay. Uh, so that's where they kind of came from. No, Jem Gerard is our writer, uh, and she's from England. She's British. Uh, she's our showrunner, writer, director. She's our queen, our leader. She's everything. She's just a powerhouse of a person and woman. Uh, she's incredible. And she's uh, she British. 
She's British. Very cool. She's British. Cool. Uh, we have another question. Tarina76 says, some people have compared this show to Firefly, but whereas Firefly has a Western vibe, how would you describe this show's genre influences? Um, I mean, I've, I, it's, it's just, it's influenced, I think, by it's just whatever Jem liked. I know she loved Guardians and Star Wars, but there's like a really, really, I think everybody can feel that 80s vibe to it, too. It's just there's something like with this, like the, even the color schemes of like she loved neons and like, like, so I don't know if neon was a vibe, I'd say neon has to be in there, you know, for sure. Definitely pick up on that one, which actually leads to the next um, viewer question. We have only one Leia says, three questions. Who's in charge of the background color schemes? Did you all do your own singing vocals in the la in this episode? And which episode is your favorite of the season? So the colors would, well, that will go with uh, Jem, uh, our director, and the director of photography named Trevor, uh, who would just, they that's their that's their thing i mean um they just can pick out these palettes and these colors and mm -hmm. it's consistently throughout the show kind of the vibe but you'll notice that they change from planet to planet um episode three will be different than two um but you know the winnipeg itself the ship kind of has its own feel and um there is that neon kind of I don't know, almost a purple feel too to the show I don't know if that makes sense, or at least when I watch it, that could be my screen. I don't know that I, mean, I feel kind of like it's kind of purple around me too. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. And then, um, did you do your? Did you all do your own vocals on this episode when we get the karaoke part later in the episode? Yeah, they did. I mean, I'm a bad singer, so that that was easy for me. Uh, <laughs> I think that was harder for Adrian because Adrian can actually sing. Like she's got pipes. Uh, like she's a pretty accomplished singer and she, this the way the scene's written it's actually a may who's supposed to be the one who's mm -hmm. good to change the uh, I love that scene um, I love that scene that was a night shoot and it was our first night shoot so we had the day before we shot a regular day so it's like then you're supposed to go home and not sleep because if you don't you're gonna mess up the whole so it's like but nobody can do that yeah. So it's like everybody shows up, but then it's like 4.30 in the morning and people are just dropping like flies. But luckily, like I'm suspended in the air in this giant metal cage with fire pits below me and giant speakers blasting Starship at you. Nothing's going to stop us now. So it was easier for us to stay awake. But I definitely remember looking down and seeing Jem and Jem was just there and her energy was non-stopping. And I was like, yeah, I'm not stopping if she's not stopping. <laughs> going. Nice. And then what has been your favorite, what is your favorite episode of the season? I mean, that's, mm. that's, that's tough um, because there was bits and pieces um, throughout the season. I do know three. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, again, just Amay and Isaac doing some stuff by themselves, um, you know, cause we're not the hero. Uh, so it was fun to get like, you know, the two of us trying to uh, be the hero was, was real fun. Um, we're going to get into Isaac's backstory a little bit more and um, we'll see what happens um, and how people react. Um, but those scenes were really fun to do and challenging. Yeah. Uh, so we have 
the part then later we we mentioned the gorillas the are they called beaters that's what i thought the one woman called them they were like the gorilla thing so they're like oh you're in beater territory that's what i thought I think, she said I think like okay i saw that on the closed caption i think that's the yeah i saw that on closed caption i'm like oh okay cool <laughs> Hey, for close captioning. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's our Gladys who essentially is rescuing her, but mm. then captures her, of course. She says she doesn't trust people, but I thought she was very trusty. Right? All right, yeah. cool, thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, that was almost kind of comedic. And then when they're in the prison, that's when we kind of really get that heart-to-heart -heart serious mm. kind of well, that's actually a little bit later. They get they're in the prison at two different times, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, so we learned the one part of the backstory that three months ago, essentially, they both betrayed each other. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that necessarily makes it better that they both did it, but it was nice to learn that. Uh, so then we learn that Alita's been hiding the since she was like ten years old. That's also when Isaac learns about her past and why didn't she tell him? And he's more upset about money and not the friendship. And that's what pissed her off more. James, what did you think of that reveal? You know, I was, um, I was a little taken aback by that. I definitely think that Isaac, I don't know. I feel like he made the situation far worse than it needed to be. I don't, I don't think that her by her, by Alita not disclosing the fact that she was a queen really changed too much within their present dynamic but i do feel that um uh isaac was just like genuinely upset by it i i definitely think that it was like uh, he felt betrayed in a sense um but I, I definitely think that lita felt betrayed by the fact that isaac was only thinking about the money aspect of it because they're kind of going towards the same goal with, with different means and I think their means finally got to a head and they had to make a decision. And I'm, I'm happy we got to see that decision being made because it was such a heavy uh, topic of the first episode. And then, Tim, how was that scene for you of the we get the reveal? And uh, and then also, I guess, what was the direction slash motivation you think for your character in terms of was it really just the money? Uh, I, oddly enough, I don't think it was just the money. I think he was hurt by his friend uh, lying mm. to him, but he won't say that. Mm. I think, uh, you know, I think um, he just said, "Oh, we could have used this for the money and get a get a get on that." But I think deep down, Isaac's got—he's a sensitive guy, and uh, his friend lied to him, and it kind of hurt his feelings a little bit. But uh, that scene was actually um, one of the audition scenes for oh. uh vegan queen and it was actually the first scene that uh adrian and i workshopped together um gem gem her gem her and myself we got together and we kind of just read through it before filming and it was like maybe the second day i met gem and the second day i met adrian we just kind of okay well let's see what we got and uh we did that scene in another scene and i remember leaving there saying oh this can be good yeah this can be good this can be good because we had chemistry right off the bat, the two of us. And I said, man, if we can have chemistry in some hotel conference room, we're good. Yeah. Now, had, had you read the comic book before or were you aware of it? And kind of second part to that is how did this come across your desk essentially or, you know, your agent just go, hey, you should check this out. Yeah. So, I mean, what happened was this last year, um, for people who don't know, is I'm on another show called Winona Earp. 
uh, and we were involved in something pretty crazy and we almost lost our show. Um, and um, so, you know, here I was, I had this giant mustache and I heard my show wasn't coming back and uh, my heart was broken. So, you know, I shaved and um, just, just as I was getting upset, I got this call from my agent saying, Hey, there's a show. Uh, they want to see you. I think you'd be great for it. And I think you're going to like it. And I remember at the time I was vacationing down in uh, Orlando, Florida, uh, and I got it. And so then I was like, I loved it right away. You know, I just got this breakdown of this character and this scene. That was one of the scenes. Uh, and I got him right away. And I said, I got to go do this. So then I was looking for in Orlando for someone to help me put on tape. Uh, and I actually did the audition with a Mickey Mouse shirt. Uh, <laughs> but I felt like it worked because he's supposed to be from Earth. Yeah. Space, so he's like repping yeah. Earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, then I didn't hear anything for a month, but because of that breakdown, I learned that it was based on a comic book. So of course, like because I loved just the audition and the from the the scenes, I put added it to my my pull list. Like my comic book guys, they're like, I'm like, yo, you gotta get me this book, this fall comic book. He's like, oh, we got it. I'm like, oh, perfect. So then um, for my callback, which turned out to be a screen test, um, I had read the book. Uh, so I got a better grasp kind of of the character. Yeah. And the good thing is I was supposed to fly out to LA to do the screen test, but then I booked this Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, so then I'm like, well, like I got, I can't fly out. I got to fly to do this thing. And then they're like, okay, well, can you do a tape, do a second tape? And I'm like, yeah. So because of the comic book, I colored my hair um, orange because in the wow. book, yeah, in the book, he's got orange hair. So I'm like, so I went to the hairdresser. I'm like, yo, you got it. Can you, can you get my color like orange? But it's kind of dark. So she stripped it first. And by oh. stripping it, it turned orange. So mm. then she's like, okay, I'm going to color it. I'm like, no, leave it. It's perfect. <laughs> and she's like, I can't let you walk out of here like this. And I'm like, no, no, it's perfect. Uh, but then, of course, um, you know, <laughs> the next day I had to show up to Hallmark to film the Christmas movie and I had worn chairs so then they had to fix it but Oof. you know I apologize to Hallmark but it was worth it because I really really want a vagrant queen so I hope your hair has recovered <laughs> yeah well it has. <laughs> there's hints of like red in there <laughs> okay <laughs> uh then we get the while they're in the prison Ame is to the rescue which I was like yes um what do we think of her uh not really a she has some fun swear words but her uh excited expression of oh my crackers crackers yeah. <laughs> it's so adorable yeah i, I thought that, i thought that that was a cool um little like uh, hopefully it will become like an ongoing joke you know i remember i forgot what show it was i'll start Battlestar galactic i think it was and it was like uh with the frack or something like they would say things like that so I hope that this like crackers and like little other jabbers like that, I hope they come up, um, continue to come up in the series. Cause I thought that was a really cute. And it's very Ame, I feel like. I feel like she's like just badass enough, but not quite. So she'll say crackers. So I thought that was a cool little cute thing for, for her to say. Well, it's also funny because later when she actually says a more swear word, she apologizes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was cute. Uh, Tim, are there any favorite fake words on the show that, stood out to you that you recall well crackers would have been the one that i went i said right away like we even said like back in the day i said oh man i i swear one day we're gonna see like a crackers t-shirt 
like an old crackers t-shirt for sure because it's so good and just like They're the good. first time you said it, i go that's a good line i'm telling you that's a good line that crackers thing is is good it's solid yeah, yeah. Okay. and i was there for the day they were brainstorming her swear word at the end i can't remember what it yeah. was did she say schlep or it was close to that i didn't write it down but yeah. it had that like C-H-S-C-H something. Yeah, something. something. Yeah. Uh, but I remember they, they came up with it together, actually, Gem and Amay. They were like, what would be like a word, swear, kind of, but not? What do you think? And they came up with that on the spot. Yeah. It, it works for sure. Uh, and then we learn teamwork. You need that because there's no plan and they're just arguing. And so they get captured again. Yeah. Uh, which in a way was comedic because you're like all right that's it was kind of funny uh which then leads them to what is the thing that they're going to have people battle james what did you think when you found out the battle is karaoke um you know i gotta be honest up until the actual moment with the, the music starts playing it didn't dawn on me what the battling was like i thought that was such a great thing for them to include i, I think the scene was uh kind of going through like the, the like the, the cages where where everyone was mm -hmm. kept and they were playing like on the loudspeakers outside so it really they, they did a great job of creating that atmosphere where you thought like oh it's a coliseum like it's about to be gladiator style it's about to go down <laughs> and it didn't dawn on me until like literally start, they started playing that starship song and i was like wait a second why is peter rabbit in the cage next door and does he have a microphone wait wait so i thought that i was initially kind of like what but I thought it was it played it out so well, and um, it definitely left a smile on my face as I was watching the end of the episode. So I think it was a bit of a risk to do something like that. But in this instance, I think it worked brilliantly. Yeah, I, I thought it was very funny, and you know, it, it's it wasn't too surprising because this does it is a show that's you know gonna twist you on your head in a good way of like oh okay like that that was the plan i liked it the raising and lowering and yeah okay. I, i'm glad you mentioned that i like that it's peter rabbit <laughs> yeah no that's cute though and uh, yeah tim i like that you posted a photo a couple of photos on twitter too of like you guys overnight and you with that character uh we've been talking a little bit about how cool the prosthetics are on this show what are they like in person yeah, I, that's, I mean, all the praise needs to go to the South African prosthetics department, makeup, hair, makeup department. Um, I am such a fan of practical effects over CGI. It's just, mm -hmm. for me, it's like, and um, Peter Rabbit, he's, he's, he was just so good. He's paid by an actor, a South African actor by the name of Reg Hart. Um, and uh, he's a great actor. And um you can, he can actually act in the suit because the the face moves and they 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 can make expressions even the grobosian guards they can still like they've got all this makeup on but they can still express you know so sometimes you lose the expressions and the actual acting so you're just kind of working with you know uh, someone in a mask but i never felt like that i felt like i was working with a rabbit which is pretty sick because it's an alien rabbit or an alien guard or it was pretty awesome they deserve so much praise i i just i loved it yeah oh actually back to the karaoke real quick tarina 76 in the chat asks what is your go-to karaoke song uh i'm not the best singer i i would i would go for uh maybe uh, uh blue eyes crying in the rain willie nelson would just that's good 
And plus it's two minutes and 12 seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so we get the, uh, oh, I love the escape, the Yippee reference from earlier, yeah. the tie-in. I like that kind of like, hey, we have this history, hold tight, I got this. It was just such a nice callback and very fun and nice earth reference. Okay, entertaining. Um, so then, oh, and then the slow-mo blood short segment was so cool. James, mm-hmm. what do you think of that kind of change up? Like, so they're doing their fight scene. And I mean, they kind of had it, I think, in episode one, but this one I really oh. noticed where it was like the super slow-mo and the blood splatter and the color just pops. Yeah, I love that. It's very like Matrix X kind of thing. Um, they we did it. They all you guys did it a little bit in the first episode, but this episode, I don't know why it was so much more impactful. I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. the promo stuff I've seen has been that exact scene that we see in this episode. So uh, when I saw that kind of like kind of action, I thought that that was the coolest thing, and it really uh, I don't know, it upped the ante for for what's coming forward for me to to see that being done in the first episode and the second episode. I'm hoping yeah. to see like. As much as we love the prosthetics like we were just talking about, as, uh, you know, I think the kid in all of us is like, no, more lasers, more this. So I loved it. And So there's going to be one of those scenes in every episode. Oh, we wow. Did, yeah. yeah. We did one of those things in every episode because Jem is so, she's also such a fan of the comic book too. She came up with this sick way of each show would have like a comic book yeah. shot where you, it's actually the mm. camera moves through and nobody else moves. But the way we shot it is we didn't move, but we were on position with green boxes and stuff or like, like we could not move. It was like, oh, you wow. had to stay as still as possible. And these shots, they get more and more complex for each episode. Some of them are like 30 mm. seconds where you can't breathe. You can't blink. You have an alien doing one thing. It depends what you're holding. So it's like funny because as you learn, like, the beginning uh, kind of when we were doing those shots, Adrian was like, oh, can I get two guns? Give me two guns. So I'm like blasting two. But by the, by the end, you know, you don't want to be holding no guns. You, you know what I mean? Because if you shake at the end, we got to redo the whole scene because the camera guy just comes through the whole shot. It's super cool. Does he, oh, does that's the, so cool. Does the camera guy do that like slowly or is it kind of- Very like- slow because it's just that move to catch- so then you see this oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. That's all gem. That's all gem. That's awesome. It's great. I mean, like, again, as a viewer, it's it's something now that we know that it's going to be every episode. Yeah. I've looked forward to it in the first two, but, like, that's definitely something that I look forward to. And, I, and again, I'm glad you, you brought up the fact that it's kind of like a comic book because if you think about it, you are kind of maneuvering through each panel in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Exact panel, yeah. It, 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 it does great justice. It looks great. We love it. Yeah. Uh, and then Tim, what is it like for you? So you're in the scene acting it to see what it's like as the finished product with all the effects, the color, all the pizzazz added. Like I said, just like having you guys talk about it. It feels like that. <laughs> it feels amazing because like we're just shooting, you're shooting the stuff and you're trying to do the scenes and I'm just trying to like live truthfully in these moments and, and, and do the characters and like have fun. Look, I'm like, I, I'm never going to complain. I'm I'm one of the most grateful people of all time. When I'm working on a show, I'm always happy to be working. But when I get to play a character that I love and adore, it's even it ups it even more. So it's just like 
you know, on set, it felt special and it felt great, but you don't know, you know? Uh, and um, I only watch live. So I watched the first night with the live tweet. The network tries to send me it before. Some actors watch it, some don't. They like to, before they live tweet, know what they're going to say. I don't. I like to just go in and be that way. If stuff happens, and I'm like, whoa, it's more organic and uh, crazy. And it's, I'm, I fell in love. I fell in love. I watched that first episode and I was so proud. I was just aging. Like, she comes, she kicks ass, show's amazing. Then, like, yesterday, I watched them, like, last night, Friday's episode of May. I just thought, you know, and and Paul, I I got our villain is just fantastic. He's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm loving the show, man. I'm loving it. I'm a fan of uh, I'm a fan of the show. Uh, we got two questions from the chat right now. We got Anna Chavez says, "I'm loving all the action scenes. How much prep work goes into those scenes, and are these scenes fun to shoot?" Yeah, they are so awesome. Uh, uh, like. The whole South African crew is just incredible. Um, the, the stunt team there, the coordinator, his name is uh, Kerry Gregg, and his whole team is just, they're incredible. Like, he's like the sergeant, and they will just, they're ready to go for war for this guy. And uh, they were amazing. They were amazing with us. They were amazing. They were amazing to work with. And they, uh, but to be honest, we did so much of our own stunts. It was really crazy. I think Adrian did probably all of hers there was only one or two things they really wouldn't let us do and that that'd be pretty dangerous um stuff but most of the time yeah they just kind of train us some stuff and then you just go out there and do crazy stuff but it, like i said it's kind of like when you're working with practical effects um it's not hard to act like when i was isaac was like reaching for the thing and i was i was actually hanging in the middle of the parking lot like i was probably like uh 30 feet maybe 30 feet in the air hanging oh, wow. on a crane you don't see that because there's like a green screen and then you see it on tv and you're like i can tell he's not a green screen but for me i was 30 feet in the air in some parking lot hanging from a crane with a laser knife uh, so the fear is real is what i'm saying uh well then well thank you for risking it all to make it look so good <laughs> yeah no problem it's fun uh, you mentioned live tweeting. Only one Leia asks, how much have you missed live tweeting? So much. Uh, you know, like I didn't have Twitter until, the, you know, three, four years ago until why not Um And uh, being a part of that, uh, uh, creating a fandom from Twitter, uh, from a hashtag, um, you know, it literally, this whole fandom and movement and this incredible thing that I'm part of started with a hashtag, whoever that was who started hashtag Erper, um, just thank you, uh, because you've changed my life forever. So I know the power uh, of the live tweet and how incredible it is and how fun it is. So I missed it incredibly. So it's just great to get back there. And people are so fun and smart and that you guys notice everything. So it's awesome. <laughs> But it helps when you're a fan of the show too. Like I'm a fan of it, so it's it's like it's really fun. It's uh, clearly it's very obvious you're a fan, which is great too. As someone who watches it, because it's not you know you're not just going through the motions. And so thank you from a fan as well, and from James would be like, yes, we can tell you're into it, which is so fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, we get at the end, we get, okay, so Ame wants to stay on the ship with them. So glad she needs to stay with them. <laughs> they need help. 
<laughs> um, and I, yeah, they need her. And I like the moment between her and Alita, which is a very uh, timely thing to say. I feel it's always very timely. And Alita says, it's not your, it's not your fight, but Ame says, imagine if everyone thought that. So it's one of those things of, yes, something may not be your fight, but if everyone thinks that nobody's going to help anybody. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very like, Oh, I like it. I Strong did. characters helping each other out. Yeah. That's why I said it was a maze episode in so many ways. And now I feel we have, the team you want to root for because mm-hmm. I don't think Isaac or Alita would have noticed that or said that before her. It's yeah. even like when Isaac apologizes to uh, Alita, when they're uh, yes. the, pole, the the second time they get captured, he only really apologized because it was a May that initiated it. Like a May gave him that look like, come on, man. Yeah. And she didn't command him or she just, you know, like, come on, man, do it. And he listened to her. And again, I don't know if he would have done that had it not been for her. So it's like amaze the kind of glue that holds this team together. Yes. Um, actually, then thanks for mentioning that moment and scene because we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. James, what did you think of that apology between the two characters of them? I love scenes where characters express what they've been thinking because then it's like, please, let's just talk it out because then we can move on. And so it was a very rewarding scene to watch. James, what did you think of it? Of which scene again? The scene where they're both apologizing, Alita and Isaac, to each other, and Ame's kind of nudging almost both of them, kind of like, say it, like, oh. just express your feelings, and yeah. that way we can move forward. Because it's nice I, when the characters all get on the same page. I think I'm just have to kind of piggyback what Tim just said. It was, it was like a, a good moment and a good, like, uh, to kind of bring things a little bit more circle for you, Tim, a good hallmark moment for mm. the crew. Um, because it was a, we were able to kind of see a solidified crew. Like we are all working, like I said in the beginning of the episode, we're working towards a common goal. And to throw another little like wrench in the system, pun intended, I love the addition of this little robot that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that addition definitely gave me those Star Wars um, kind of vibes where you have like the, the three people and a, a corresponding robot. So I feel like in that moment too, we became a team. We are one. We we we've covered all of our bases. We we have all the all the roles filled filled. So um, I think that apology was more than just an apology. I think it was like a solidifying of of the team as a whole. Wow, I'm so happy you said that. Wait for episode three. <laughs> uh oh. So so okay. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll go a little bit further. I do think it was interesting. And this may be me just being overzealous. I do think it was on an interesting. If you note that scene where uh, I think everyone's running back to the ship and we see the robot go across the screen. Mm-hmm. The yep. And then we flash back to Lazaro with Nim. And we see, we see what happens with him. So in my head, and we flash back to the robot scene where he was kind of adopted. So mm-hmm. I don't know. In that scene, I kind of saw the passing of the torch in a sense from, from Nim to the robot of the mm-hmm. of them replace of them replacing each other because in the first episode we were talking about how nim could be the little like raccoon from guardians of the galaxy kind of deal but now we have the robot so when that when nim unfortunately we think he died i feel like the robot took that role and he was physically there with the with the three of them so to me it made the team the team these are the four people that we're going to be rocking with for the remainder of the season i'm sure they'll be pop in and out every now and again but I think that scene with the robot was, wasn't just a, like a throwaway scene. I definitely think there's going to be more to it. 
think James is on something, guys. Hey. I think James is on something. Yes. And yes, thank you, James, for mentioning that. We get the the other thing that's been going on, the other big thing going on while our team is trying to escape and get back to their ship. Uh, Lazaro talks to his guards. There's 35 of you. How could you fail? She had help, which was so, <laughs> I loved it. Uh, we get to meet the Admiral, which uh, yes. we'll talk a little bit more about that too. Uh, I like that the higher ups are telling him, no, dude, like you've spent too much money, too many resources, come back. So that really solidifies that he is an obsessed villain. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the people he works for that are pushing this agenda. It's just him. So that kind of makes him even more evil. Yeah. Yeah. He has this like sinister like need or one it's more than just a direction it's like a, a lust of his to go after the queen for whatever reason he may have i also think that in that scene aside from the point we'll get to later on of it being just hilarious um i definitely think in that scene too we, i got a sense that lazaro wasn't the highest the highest up like there is and we obviously meet the admiral so there's someone above him because I think in the first episode, I really thought that Lazarus didn't answer to anybody. He had these like motives that he could just do whatever he wanted to do. So I definitely think that uh, uh, it, it made him, like you said, Carrie, it gave him a bit more of like a sinister vibe. Because it's like, I'm not, I'm not following the directions. I'm doing this because I want to do it. There's something in it for me. And that, to me, is a bit scarier in a villain for him, to have, for him or her to have these like personal motivations to do this, these kind of things. Yeah, same. I, I wasn't really thinking he answered to anybody either. Not necessarily that he's the highest up, but it felt like he's just doing his own thing, which he is. And then we do see that Nim is alive, briefly. Uh, I like, though, that essentially Nim actually takes his own life twice because he does the sacrifice for them when they're escaping. And he was ready to die for them all, which really speaks to his loyalty and intensity as a character. And then later when he is pretty much like, screw you to Lazaro and is kind of over being tortured and doesn't want to give him anything, he's not going to. So he's like, you know what? I'm in charge of this moment. I'm done. Yeah. And I kind of like that Nim got that moment of power and Lazaro almost recognized it because he's like, you know what? If this was a different time, different place, different organization, your actions would have been almost commendable. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. Uh, Lazaro, you got a little nugget of you're not totally an idiot, but <laughs> a little nugget. <laughs> um, but yeah, we I'm glad that 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 Nim we we know for sure now, so I'm glad that was you know wrapped yeah. up. Sadly, um, yeah, James, what do you think of Nim R.I.P. That we you know Nim got? is my is my little homeboy through the screen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a sad moment. Um, uh, I was really rooting for him. I was excited to see him come back this episode. So the fact that he did what he did, and we, you know, I, although I don't want to utter the words that Nim is dead, but I think he, he, he just might be. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I don't want to. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in my notes I wrote gag when it, when it happened because <laughs> I was so surprised. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was a sad moment. Uh, already episode two and I have emotional connections to aliens. So this show is doing something right. So Yes. And the last little nugget of information that was important is the amulet is a locator, which I kind of was wondering that. 
from the beginning. Um, so the loyal people to the monarchy are following. So mm, I'm a little more suspicious of them than I was before. I don't necessarily know if their intent is evil, but I don't really trust them. Uh, what do you think about that, James? Those people following them now. Um, I don't know. It adds another layer of like mystery to 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 the to the season, um, to the series. Um, I didn't really suspect that the amulet would be a locator uh, at all. So that was I was definitely like, oh, okay. This adds another like, boom, a little something in the mix. Um, I definitely think the amulet's definitely going to come back up in in episodes without a doubt. Uh, that's like the one tangible thing I think that uh, Alita has that connects her to her mother. So in a sense, it's like the best and worst amulet thing to have because it's a, a, a spiritual or, or emotional connection, but also a physical connection to the people that she doesn't want to in interact with. So this is definitely not the last time we're gonna see this amulet. I would put money on it. So Tim, I bet you have experience by now, but how much uh, work is it to keep that poker face when people are talking about their uh, what they're thinking ahead of what's going to happen. Yeah. You guys are really good, though. Oh, you guys, okay. <laughs> you guys, you guys are really good. But listen, you're going to get a backstory on everybody. That's okay. the great thing about this show. You will get backstory oh. on everybody. Uh, there is more to Lazaro, and we will find out more to Lazaro. Um, Admiral Reichel. We will find out more about Admiral Reichel, uh, played by a great uh, actor, by the way, called Robin Scotch, South African actress. Um, and she's an acting teacher there. So every time Reichel was around, all the South African actors were like, oh, shit, we better be really good. Because like, <laughs> like, she's like the bomb over there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Nim, Nim was a heartbreaker. And, and Nim, I thought that scene was like heavy, man. Wow. Like, it was like, I just remember there being like blood. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like this is crazy um also probably one of my favorite actors i work with on the show themba nutelli who plays uh freaking them um but jem did tweet that night that uh you know i think maybe there was a litter that Nim oh. came from mm. okay okay i mean she tweeted that that's our showrunner okay. so i'm not <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know um yeah very cool. Uh, now, this I'm glad you mentioned the Admiral and James. With, that leads us into our special segment, and then we'll mm. do our predictions in a minute. But our special segment is pretty much what's behind the mask. And yes. James, what's it called? Yes. So, um, uh, Tim and I, you saw our, our first episode. Everyone couldn't pronounce the Winna, Winnipeg's name right. So, the segment is called Win a Who? Win a What? So basically what I do is I find characters in the episode because like we said, the prosthetics are so amazing. I really want to strip that away and like get to the core talent. Um, this week's episode was hard. So last week's episode we did um, Thimba, the, the guy who plays uh, Nim. Mm -hmm. This week was hard. I actually had two candidates. Um, so the first candidate was Admiral, uh, what was it, Admiral Rachel. So Miss mm -hmm. uh, Robin Scott that she mentioned a moment ago. Mm -hmm. the second choice was actually going to be the MC during the um during the actual karaoke like he was fresh in my mind because yeah. of the episode but i have to say that robin scott definitely stood out to me so i did a bit of research on her and you can follow up on some of the other things you talked about so she is a cape town actress and she's an accent specialist and she's known for her roles in vanderwaltz vault in 2008 
and she's done shows um, with uh, Charlie J, The Rose Grower, Mr. Bones, Adventures of Sinbad, Sticks. I think that scene she did was comedic genius. It, it was such a level of like hilarity I could not describe. I think there was a moment where she's like, oh, this is awkward. I don't know if I can tell him that it's about to go. He's about to turn this ship around. And then at the very end where she's hanging up the phone call and she's like, so that's it. So all right. And the phone call ends. I think that that scene was hilarious. So I had to give her a shout out. Um, she's on Instagram for anyone to follow her. Her Instagram handle is Robin Sarah Scott. And um, she was hilarious. So I definitely want to give a little bit of shout out and a little spotlight on Miss Robin Scott for her amazing role. And hopefully you can see her more in the future of this series. Hey, James, I got to tell you, man, you're not alone because our executive, Josh Van Hout from Sci-Fi's favorite character is Admiral Reichel. And he loved Robin's performance so much that he was like, from day one, he's like, I'm getting the dailies. They're all good. But who's playing Reichel? And yeah. I, I didn't have any scenes with her yet because her stuff was with Paul. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to find out. Then I literally found out this Robin Scott to the teacher. Listen, I'm going to say this for you because of your game and how you are. She will come back as another character also. See if you could find, I make it, it's not going to be easy. Because okay. there's prosthetics in this show. Also, Leon Klingman, great actor who plays Dengar. One of the loyalists that's following her, Dengar, Leon. He's also very good. He will come back as another character too. Okay. If you could find out at the end of the year who Robin and Leon played. Horizon challenge accepted. Perfect. So now you've got Dengar and Reichel. Let's see where you go. Let's do it, man. Yeah. Uh, and then we do have an interesting question that Tim, if you can elaborate, because you may or may not know. Um, someone says, if we're ever out, Suzanne Taylor says, if we're ever allowed out of the house again, will there be vagrant queen reps at any of the conventions? When we're, when we're back, there when we go, we're man. all back to normal or whatever it is, 2.0. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, that was the goal. This, I mean, unfortunately, uh, our, our our plan was to be at Comic Con this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was talked about already. Uh, you know, by from production, Blue Ice, from Sci Fi, and everybody. Let's let's get everybody to Comic Con. Let's try and get a panel. Um, you know, everybody's joking, saying, "Oh, Tim, you're going to be real busy this year at Comic Con. You're going to run from the Winona Earp one straight over Vagrant Queen." I was like, deep down <laughs> inside, I was like, "Yeah, no problem. Like, let's give it a <laughs> Are you kidding me? Double Con." um yeah that is the plan all right cool and then actually uh also segue newsy wise with that uh earlier was asked is the shooting schedule conflicting or not because it sounds like vagrant queen is done filming that that's not going to interfere with winona herb once you're able to start filming again uh well vagrant queen is done and then okay, yeah. I, I'm literally, we're literally halfway through Winona Earp. So we, we had done the first six episodes of season four. And then we were actually going on hiatus when this uh, quarantine lockdown took effect. So everyone had been going home already. Okay. Uh, so I do, before anything happens, I got to go finish Winona Earp. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll do that. And then hopefully jump on a plane. Head back to South Africa and bust out Big Queen season, season two. You know? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Uh, 
Any other uh, thoughts, James, on the episode before we do some quick predictions? Uh, no. Uh, again, just following up from, uh, from where we started, now, I'm just happy that we finally got to flush out some of the questions we had for episode one. Um, big props to the writers for giving us so much information in episode two. I feel like we were the floodgates really opened for any questions that we had in episode one. So I hope this trajectory continues. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, agreed. I think uh, this episode really added some context for a lot of things going on. And I'm very happy, uh, Tim, that you mentioned that we'll get more backstories because I think that really helps round out characters when we get motivation. Even if we don't agree with their motivation, it's nice to know where they're coming from. So I'm really looking forward to all of that. And as we kind of predicted uh, last week, we're going to kind of see some really good prosthetics every episode. And so far that seems to be on track. So I'm looking forward to all the other creatures uh, that we're going to see. I'm like, oh, good. What are we going to see next? <laughs> um, and yeah, definitely looking forward to the idea of Ame and Isaac having their own little uh, adventure. But then I'm kind of curious of like, why is Alita not joining? What problem did she get into now that she's not on that mm. voyage? <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and we've already kind of said a couple predictions. I'm, I'm, I want to know more on the loyalists and where they stand because I, I hope their intentions are pure. They may or may not be, or they just might be misguided, and hopefully, they can get right back on track. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. All right. Um, Tim, is there any other things you'd like to add and say um, before we wrap up? Oh, no, just, you know, I'm super happy to be part of the show. And if anybody didn't know, it's um, all female uh, writers, directors, showrunner. So probably the first time maybe in, I don't know, definitely in this genre's history, um, like all female team. Um, again, I just not to give too many shout outs, but I can't say enough high praise to the crew in South Africa and Jem as a showrunner, director, writer, like, you know, she's on, she's in the trenches with you too, which is so motivational and so awesome. You know what I mean? She's, she's there with you at four in the morning for karaoke. Um, so that's awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky and happy to be part of it. Well, slight tease, we may be having her as a guest coming up soon. So all you fans, stay tuned for that. Well, she's a comic book uh, fan too. So make sure you ask her some comic book questions. Oh, oh awesome. yes, absolutely. Um, and then the, actually, you mentioned it, but another uh, kind of final question for you, Tim. You worked on, um, this is like your second strong female dominant character show. Uh, how has that experience been? And have you noticed it any different than previous acting experiences? You know what, guys, I think I'm the opposite to every person. And that is the normal for me. But the very first show I caught my break on was a show uh, on Nickelodeon called Instant Star, where I played a music producer, singer, boy band guy. But the main star was a young girl named Alex Johnson. And the story was about her and her sister. And I played support to her. From there, I jumped onto Lost Girl, Anna Silk, numero uno, Mm -hmm. strong female lead, Emily Andrus was a writer on that show. Um, then from there, I went to Winona um, Earp. Last year, I had the pleasure of being on a show called Digstown. Mm. Uh, Vanessa Antoine, the, the leader of leaders, strong female. So I have been a support to strong female characters my entire life. It's the norm for me. Um, I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, I take it back. Mini shows. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us. We need to wrap. 
Um, where can people find you online, Tim? Uh, just the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, <laughs> Real Tim Rosan. Nice. And James? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Terrell James Maple, Twitter at James Maple Actor, and also at Mass Singer Fan Theories. I do a lot of the after shows for Mass Singer, all the predictions, all that jazz that airs on Wednesday. So that's where you can find your boy James. My name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. You can watch the Westworld panel later on this evening, as well as Micro Academia and Sword Art Online season finales. Again, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody who watched, joined in the live chat. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.